You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Discovering Multifamily. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a very special guest here with us, Steve Weibel with uh, Credit Suite. And he is a business credit expert. Uh, he's also a um, you know, real estate investor. He's had uh, multiple success uh, with real estate as, as well as you know, 300 plus rental properties in his portfolio at one time. Um, he's now a, a public speaker and he's the author of uh, Business Credit, which is a step-by-step guide to learn um, basically how you can obtain and, and build your business credit and how, how that can help you, you know, grow your business, whether it's in the real estate industry or if you're trying to um, build a, a, def- a different business. But Steve brings a really interesting angle just because he has that multifamily um, background to begin with and still, and still invests in apartments. So, Steve, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure, Anthony. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. So, Good. So, Steve, what is business credit? What are we talking about here? That's a great question. Business credit. Uh, to, to take away all the fancy verbiage, it's basically credit that's tied to your business only, not to you personally, right? So if, uh, if I wanted to buy a car for one of my real estate LLCs, right? I'd buy it in the company name. I wouldn't sign for it personally. It doesn't go against my debt to income ratio, blah, blah, blah. Only the business is responsible for it. Right. So, you know, can any business get business credit or how does that work? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Technically, yes, unless you're in what's called a restricted industry like arm sales, uh, pawn shops, things like that. Um, and there's only about nine or 10 of those. Ba- believe it or not, banks. Banks can't get business credit, the oddest thing in the world. Um, anybody in the financial, anybody who day trades. But other than that, any normal business can absolutely build business credit. I could start a company today, and within six to nine months, I'll build between seventy five and $100,000 in credit that's tied to the company only. Right. So when you're talking about tied to the company only, can you explain the difference between recourse and non-recourse debt for our listeners? Absolutely. That's basically it. It's non-recourse to you personally. Uh, there, there's two reasons, three reasons why business credit is so important. First is the obvious, right? Non-recourse. Uh, if your business goes down, God forbid, you walk away personally clean. Your family's not in danger of losing your house or you know your personal credit score being wrecked. The second reason, and one of the reasons I love business credit specifically for real estate investing, is the limits are between 10 and 100 times higher than what they would be personally. And when people ask me, what, you know, how come, I like to explain it this way. Businesses are much larger consumers than consumers are, right? So let's talk about buying an apartment building and you want to rehab that apartment building. Uh, and let's say you're one of those who really likes to dive deep into the rehab and you like to supply the material and then just pay a contractor to actually make the repairs because you can save yourself typically 25%. And on a $100,000 construction job, that's a lot. So you buying $50,000 in supplies from Home Depot is not unusual, right? I was spending 30 grand a month with them every month, month in, month out. But an individual is never going to spend 30 grand a month at Home Depot, right? Never. Or a truck driver, you and I might get a gas car for $300, but you know, an over the road trucker is going to get limits of 15, 20, $25,000 for fuel. Sure. That's, that's the second big difference. Hmm. Um, the third, and to me, probably the most important is it actually adds value to your company because 
if you decide to sell it, uh, and we'll use apartments, right? So you have an apartment building, uh, you have an LLC or a corporation, however you want to set it up, and you build up business credit profile for that for that apartment building, and it's got its own maintenance truck because you have maintenance person, right? It's got a pickup truck, and it's got gas cards and a Home Depot card and a Lowe's card and Visa's and MasterCards, et cetera. When you sell that company, you sell that apartment building, if you sell the LLC with it, uh, all that goes with it. That has real value. I mean, real value to the bottom line. So there's the three reasons I like business credit. Got it. it so, so, how do, so how do you, whether you're trying to buy apartment buildings or you know, start a lemonade stand or whatever, whatever it is, how do they start building their business credit? Like where do they go? Obviously, most people think of just going to a traditional bank. So what, how, do you, how, how do you help? People kind of. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Look, we, we as, a, as a people, it's been ingrained in us to put our social on everything, right? You see a credit application or you see an employment application or whatever, you put your social on there. Uh, the first thing I tell people is stop. Just stop, especially if it's your business. Uh, you can apply for credit without putting your social on there. You can't put anything else in that. You have to leave it blank. It's a federal offense if you put any other number in there. Um, but you can leave it blank. The problem is they're going to pull your business credit report. If they don't see your social, they're going to look at your business name. They're going to pull your business credit report. And if you haven't been building that profile, it's going to come back with nothing. It's a matter of fact, worse than nothing. Uh, as opposed to personal credit, business credit reporting agencies actually give you a failing grade if you have nothing reporting. They give you zero, literally a negative. Um, because to them, it looks like you are financially unstable, you the company. And could be out of business in the next 12 months. Matter of fact, it literally says potential bankruptcy in the next 12 months on your business credit report if there's nothing reporting. Um, so the question is, how do you get those first trade lines? What we call payment experiences to report because you have no credit, right? So in the business credit world, there are starter vendors, just like in the personal credit world. When you turned 18, you didn't apply for a $50,000 apartment building mortgage. You instead applied for a jewelry credit card or your first vehicle or something small, right? Three, $500. Business credit operates the same way. Uh, it's called vendor credit. And that basically is credit from people that you would buy supplies from and that they report to the reporting agencies. There are three major reporting agencies, Dun & Bradstreet, most people have heard of, uh, Experian and Equifax, obviously. So you need to find people who, one, will report, and two, will approve you. The problem is, how do you get approved? You don't have anything reporting. You don't want to sign personally. So what these vendors, these starter vendors do is they'll approve you based on your fundability factors. Sounds fancy, right? What's a fundability factor? I'll tell you what it really is. It's fraud detection. Strictly fraud detection. And this is where real estate investors fall on their faces a lot, guilty as charged myself, as a matter of fact. But I still have Stephen Sells Homes at blah, blah, blah. Um, but they're looking for certain things to make sure you're truly a legitimate business because a lot of, of these credit applications, these business credit applications are, are fraudulent. I mean, think about it. If you've got $25,000 in credit with, with Amazon, let's use Amazon. Everybody knows Amazon. And they give you a $25,000 credit line and you plan on committing fraud, you could buy $25,000 in products and sell it out the back door for twelve five in cash and walk away and never pay the bill, right? So these, these companies had to find a way to detect that fraud without personally looking at every single application. We've all experienced this. Have you ever applied for a credit card online, Anthony? I have, yes. Right. Now, you usually have your answer within under five seconds, right? That little thing spins and it's like either you're approved, yay, or you get that pop-up, we're going to send you a letter in the next 30 days. We all know what that means. Mm -hmm. Well, 
business credit operates the same way, especially in the beginning, but they're not looking for your credit score. They have no credit to score to look at. They look for these fundability factors. Now, and I'm going to share with your audience at least three things that I see all real estate investors fail. First thing they're going to do is they're going to look at your email. Is it a professional email address? And what I mean by professional is not Steve buys apartment buildings at gmail.com. They would prefer to see info at so-and-so apartmentbuildings.com. You understand? So yeah. a, professional, a professional email address. Now, if you don't want to set up a website, we suggest you do. But if you don't want to set one up, you can always go to Gmail and get a G Suite account, which is basically a professional email address where you pay like $6 a month. So that's the first thing. And most people fail as soon as we hit that. I see I buy house at Yahoo all the time. <laughs> right? Um, the second AOL. thing... Yeah, all right. Oh, God forbid you see AOL, right? Uh, so the next thing that they're going to look at is they're going to look to see if your phone number is listed in the National 411 database. Now, Anthony, you're a young-looking guy. I'm not. I'm not young. I'm old. I, rem I remember picking up the phone and dialing, literally dialing 411 and asking for Joe's Pizza, Tom's Repair Shop, whatever it was that I was looking for, right? Remember those days? Yeah. It's called the National 411 database. It still exists today. Problem is, we all carry around these things with us, right? So we Google it. We, you know, we look up. Well, these lenders and creditors, they actually search that National 411 database, the artificial intelligence does, to see if you're listed. Problem is, you can't list a cell phone. You can't list a Google number. It has to be your true business number. So you can get something that's called a voice over IP, which is kind of like a Google voice. Um, you can go to a company like Ring Central, get an 800 number. It'll forward to your cell. That's a legitimate business number. So when they search and they see your business listed there, now they're a little more relaxed about, hey, they're legitimately in business, right? Nobody's going to go through that process to commit fraud because it costs money to do this. Right. Uh, that's the second thing. The third is the um, – well, actually, there's more than three. The third that I run into, and this is a big one with real estate investors, is an address. So people like to start their companies, and I see this all the time. They'll register their home address with the Secretary of State and the IRS, right? That's the first mistake. Then their second mistake is they don't want anybody to know where they live, so then they change the address to a P.O. box. So lenders are automatically going to deny you with that. I mean, instantly. And I get it. I had a lot of tenants and I didn't want them to know where I lived. Obviously I didn't want them mailing their checks to my house. Um, I actually bought a twin building, commercial building. It took one side so they could pay their rent there just so I could avoid that. Um, you have to look at it this way. If I wanted to borrow money from you, Anthony, I just, or let's say you wanted to borrow money from me. You wanted me to invest in one of your projects. And I said, sure, yeah, you know what? All right, give me all your info. And you say, all right, it's, uh, I'm going to rip you off at yahoo.com is my email. My phone number is a throwaway cell. And you can mail the check to P.O. Box 123, Main, you know, Peoria, Illinois. I'm not going to feel real comfortable sending you 50 grand. Sure. Right? So lenders see it the same way. They're looking at this and going, this big, this picture to them doesn't look right. Now, that's three of 100 or 213 of these factors they look for. That's three. Most people don't get past the third one. And then the fourth one I bring up because I'm amazed by this. If you open a business, you start an LLC, you start an uh, S corporation, C corporation, whatever. Don't wait three years to open your bank account. Open your bank account in the same calendar year that you started your business. Because if you put on an application that your business started in 1997, 
but your bank account wasn't open until 2005. To a lender, you, you're committing fraud when you fill out the application that you've been in business since 1997. They can pull what's called a bank credit score and see when you open that bank account. Matter of fact, I've seen Dunn and Bradstreet actually mark people's files as fraud because they buy these shelf corps, which way back when I was younger, they worked fantastic because you couldn't find all this information. Now it's instant. Sure. They can, they can find it exactly when your business actually started. And it's always based on when you start your, your business bank account. I'm not saying you have to start the day you open, but in that same year. So if you put in business since 2020, as long as you open that bank account at the same time, because it's only going to say since 2020. Got it. Does that make sense? It does. So do people have to get what's called an EIN number? Can you explain that? And can you talk about, you know, instances where, um, even if it's an existing business or a new business where they're having an issue getting a line of credit. Um, can you talk about maybe some hurdles you can try to overcome? Cause I see a lot of real estate investors, um, including myself always want to have that line of credit for safety. Um, you know, in case, you know, reserves deplete and you want to have a line of credit until you build the reserves back up. There's very various different instances where line of credits become very important, important. So um, can you kind of, talk about any challenges that you've seen and on that front? Well, in this day and age with what's happening with COVID and whatnot, um, it's a lot more difficult to get anybody to lend you money. But putting that aside, let's pretend it's normal. Um, I see a couple of things. Uh, getting a line of credit, first of all, is probably one of the most difficult things to get, unless you have tons of equity in whatever property you're willing to put up, or you have just 840 and higher credit score, it's really difficult to get a line of credit. Um, they're going to look at cash flow. They're going to look at your P&L. They're going to look at your business credit profile. And then they're going to look at your personal credit profile. Remember, we have a wheel called Fundability Wheel. And on that wheel, the first quarter is all personal credit. When we're talking about unsecured lines of credit, nobody's giving that to anybody without a personal guarantee. Just not going to happen. However, the difference between being approved and not approved may be your business credit profile because they're going to pull it. They're going to look to see, do you pay your vendors? Do you pay the people who are giving you credit now? If there's nothing there, that means nobody's trusting you with credit. Right? Even though you don't know about it, nobody trusts you. And by the way, banks pull your Experian business credit file. Well, if there's nothing there, it, it literally gives you a, it's called a uh, risk factor. And typically what you'll start off with, if you start an LLC today, you'll start off with a 28 score once they recognize who you are. 28 is very high risk, very high risk. You want to get that score in the 90s. You're very low risk at that point. So being an underwriter, if I was going to underwrite a loan and I had all the data in front of me, I had your P&L, I had the cash flow for the building, whatever, uh, your, and your personal credit scores and your tax returns, then I look at the business credit profile and I see nothing there and I see high risk. You know, we're still human beings. We have emotions and we have, you know, we have these twinges in the back of our neck. That's sending a twinge down their neck. Like they're not paying their like, either nobody's willing to give them credit or they haven't paid their bills on time. Sure. So that's something that's really important. Now, that being said, I want to back up because this is really important. You will never get cash lines of credit on business credit only. Not going to happen. I had a fantastic business credit profile. I had tons of credit. I had vehicles, visas, MasterCards, Americans. I had it all. But I couldn't get a line of credit without me signing personally. And I did have one. So I just want to dispel that myth because we get people that call us all the time. Hey, I just want to get that, that business credit, that unsecured, no PG line of credit. 
if that, listen, if that's the way the world worked, we'd all be starting businesses every day and just go get that unsecured line of credit, right? Throw it all in the stock market. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cheap. So, yeah, so it's, that's, that's not going to happen. But that being said, you know, it's still very important and very valuable because I've seen people, and I swear I've seen this, I've seen people get denied for an SBA express loan, which is basically something under X amount of dollars, uh, and it's a real light document type loan. I've seen them get denied, go back six months later with a business credit profile that's strong, where prior they had nothing, same cash flow, same credit scores, same business, nothing's changed except that, and get automated approvals for double what they applied for originally. Right, right, because they're showing, showing a history and yeah, yes. on-time payments. Yes. That's important. Um, so what do you recommend to uh, a real estate investor, whether they're um, you know running a fund or a syndication or whatever the case may be, let's say they have 10 different properties, 10 different LLCs. How does that kind of, how does the, the credit come into play with, with that scenario? Cause I see that happen all the time. Um, actually, and- actually that's, that's the advantage that they have. It's an advantage. Uh, and I, I talk about this to real estate investors all the time. I get to travel once in a while and speak in front of real estate investors. The real estate investors have a unique opportunity in that we tend to start way more than one LLC, right? Like yeah. I had my property management, I had my yeah. flipping company, my real estate agent company. I, you know, every, and then typically every 10 to 15 properties would have its own LLC, right? And that's just limiting our liabilities, what we're doing. But what most of them don't take advantage of is the fact that you can build business credit for all of them. So let me put it this way. Having a, let's say $25,000 credit limit with Home Depot is good, but imagine having five of them. Right. Right. That's 125. That's scalable. It's really scalable. Um, And I know apartment buyers or investors tend not to buy shells and rebuild them. I get that. Um, But you know, People also do these onesie twosie flips. They see opportunity. Investors can't help themselves. When they see an opportunity to make money, they take advantage, right? Uh, and nowadays, unlike when I started, hard money companies when I started didn't make you put skin in the game, really. As long as the deal was good, they'd fund it. The only skin you had to put in the game was the construction. You had to front the construction money, and then they would, through a series of draws, give you that money back. Yep. Right. So I figured out a way to never have to put a nickel in. I would. I would you know, have the estimate, let's say $30,000 in construction. I'd buy my material, saving myself usually five grand right out of the gas. Now I'm 25. Then negotiate with different contracts and get it down to maybe 20. So now I'd have 20,000 expense to rehab it, but I'd have a $30,000 draw sitting there. I do it all at once, take the whole 30 grand, take that 30 grand, go buy three more properties. Right. 10,000 down. Because back then, I'm sure you remember this in 2007, eight, nine, you know, whatever, I was selling houses in 48 hours. It hit the market, it'd be gone closing two weeks later and on to the next one. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have that scalable business credit. Right? My, um, even my hard money lender was like, how are you doing this? You, you, you started off and two years later, you have 300 properties. Well, that's how I did it. Very interesting. Very interesting. How could people learn more? Obviously, you have your book. How do people find that book? Nah, um, forget the book. <laughs> forget the book. I'll tell you why I say forget the book. Business credit's a moving target. It's constantly changing. Um, literally whatever I write today is outdated in six weeks. So I, I even feel bad when people buy it now. I want to refund their money, but they can go to credit forward slash 
pod-ein, p-o-d-ein. Download a free business credit building guide, some of the things I talked about today, and even more for free. Nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's going to sell you anything. It's just a free guide that we like to give away. Our CEO and CEO's goal in life is to teach every business owner about this because we, we as a group, uh, I'm talking about the CEO myself, we've lost everything. I went through the crash. He happened to own a mortgage business at the time, so you know what happened to the mortgage industry, right? Yep. And we don't want to see anybody else go through that. No worries. It's okay to lose your business to have it go down, but don't lose your house. Right. Don't lose your, you know, don't, don't, don't personally be liable for whatever debt the business generated. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach people how to get away from that unless you can make money at it. In other right. words, I didn't want to sign for anything personally unless I knew I was turning that into profit somehow buying exactly. an apartment building and flipping it. Right. I went on the line and I'll give you a quick story for, for, for your listeners. Uh, because I didn't use my personal credit, my personal credit stayed high all the time. None of the vehicles were in my name, not, my American Express, nothing was in my name. I got a phone call from a tax sales certificate company. They said, we have an apartment building and I told you about this building in downtown Camden. Right across from Rutgers, they said, you have 30 minutes to make a decision. It's going up for auction. So I ran down, couldn't get into the building. They told me the price. I looked at the square footage based on the outside. Couldn't get inside. It was, it was squatters living. I would have never taken my life into my own hands. Um, and I bought it. I, I, and the only reason I was able to do that is I could call my bank and they pulled my credit. They said, you're approved. So I don't see you are approved. So I got the approval, bought the property, fixed it up and flipped it for more than triple my money. Amazing. Well, that wouldn't have been even available to me had my, had my utilization rate on my American Express that was in my name been at 90% or my Home Depot card at 80% because then my score instead of being 830 would have been 620. So that opportunity was only available because I made sure that I only used my credit to make money. Excellent. Excellent. There's a really good um, life lessons, <laughs> number one, and also really good <laughs> in investment advice. Um, I'd encourage all the listeners who are listening to this to reach out to Steve. Um, he's, his website is creditsuite.com. And you also have a podcast as well, right? Yeah, we have the Business Credit and Financing Show. Uh, they can download it it's on iTunes. Um, I'm actually starting a new one called Industry Influencers that I'm doing. Matter of fact, when I've done this, I'm going to be hosting another a podcast. Uh, but we're all over. Just go to creditsuite.com. There's free guides. I prefer you to go to creditsuite.com forward slash pod dash E-I-N. Uh, that way I know that you guys are all Anthony listeners. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, we're looking forward to having our listeners redirect to your website and to learn more about how they can take advantage of this. Um, for their, whether it's a real estate business or, you know, any other business they're trying to, to start or they already have. So Steve, I want to thank you again for coming on the show today and hope you on, hope to have you on again in the future. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate you inviting me. All right. Take care. All right. See you.